0: Luke chapter 23, we're going to begin our reading at verse 44 and then read through verse 49 of this chapter. Luke 23, beginning at verse 44, what we hear now is God's word. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for the spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, that may seem a strange text to you uh, to read on Easter morning. Aren't we going back in time? If we go back to Luke chapter 23 and this uh, recollection of the crucifixion, uh, for those of you who are members here, you know that for the last several weeks we have been studying the seven last words of Christ. And so this morning we look at this seventh word, Father into your hands I commit my spirit. The last word spoken by Jesus before the resurrection. We have seen in these, in these seven words of Christ, there is a certain order uh, that takes place. The, the word to his mother is spoken before the word of agony. The word of agony spoken before the word of completion. And now this final word, spoken before, The glorious resurrection from the dead. This word, this word already here anticipates Easter morning. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It anticipates Christ and his resurrection. A resurrection that would be certainly a blessing for him, but also a blessing for us. It was for us that he rose from the grave. The assurance that for all who are in him, we too will rise and be with him forever. This morning, we look at this word of victory from Jesus Christ. We have seen a number of the Physical events surrounding the crucifixion. We read in our text this morning now, there was, now about the sixth hour, there was darkness over the whole land till the ninth hour while the sun's light failed. And we talked about that, children. We talked about that darkness. It was a prophetic darkness, it was the fulfilling of the Word of God in the Old Testament. And we have this this note as well, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. That that recorded for us in scripture. The Bible never gives us any irrelevant facts. It gives us everything we need to know. And this too was significant, a significant physical event surrounding the crucifixion. The curtain in the temple is torn. It was not torn merely as evidence of bad workmanship. No, the the, the tearing of the curtain speaks of an ending and it speaks of a beginning. The tearing of the curtain speaks of an ending. You remember that the temple was constructed after the pattern of the tabernacle. Now, we've been studying the tabernacle at night. Uh, There was that outer courtyard. There was the holy place. And then there was the most holy place. And this curtain separated the holy place from the most holy place. The place where God dwelt. This curtain separated the people from God. It kept them from from entering into his presence. In fact, only the high priest was allowed to go behind the curtain. And him only once a year. The curtain spoke of a separation between God and his people. We recall the Old Testament rituals, the Old Testament ceremonies. They were all pictures of what was to come. We recall the sacrificial system, the sacrifices being offered, and in the shedding of the blood, a picture, a picture of the coming of Jesus Christ in the sacrifices, a picture of the Lamb of God and His blood being shed for the sins of the world. We're not offering sacrifices today. We're not shedding blood today because of Jesus Christ. Because in His coming, He put an end to the old sacrificial system And he put an end to the old ceremonies of the law. They used to have ceremonial washings. They would wash cups and bowls and their clothes and all these things. No longer. The ceremonial law has come to an end because we have been washed completely in the blood and spirit of Jesus Christ. The tearing of the curtain speaks of an end an end of the Old Testament ceremonies because the reality was there. The reality to which the shadow-pointed Jesus Christ was there. The tearing of the curtain speaks of an end and speaks of a beginning. Before this, the curtain was there and they could not approach God. They could not have direct access to God. The curtain was a barrier for them. The priest would go on their behalf. The priest would go once a year behind that curtain for them. But the people had no direct access. Children, I am not a priest. You do not have to come to God through me. The tearing of the curtain speaks of a new era where we, all of us, now have direct access to God through Jesus Christ. No longer this barrier, but we come to Him in Jesus' name. And we are welcomed to do so. We are welcomed to approach our God in prayer. And we offer our prayers in Jesus' name. Direct access to Him. No longer through, through an Old Testament priest. But, but a beginning. A beginning of direct access to God. We read the curtain is torn in two. Other gospel writers record even a more, uh, more detail for us. The curtain is torn in two from top to bottom. Again, there are no irrelevant facts in the scriptures. The curtain is torn in two from top to bottom. It is God who accomplishes this new beginning. It is God who accomplishes this access. It is God himself who rends the curtain Now that Jesus Christ, the reality is here. Not something that that man has accomplished. The the curtain is not uh, torn from man's side to God's side. As if we finally done enough to earn his favor. As if we now could approach him on our own. No, the curtain is torn from top to bottom. God himself opens the way. Direct access to Him through Jesus Christ. That is spoken of so beautifully in the book of Hebrews. I'm going to write yourself a note in your margin. Read read later today from Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus The confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us draw near. The curtain spoke of stay away. Don't enter. And in Jesus Christ, we are now welcome to draw near to the presence of God. An end. An end of the Old Testament ceremonies. And a beginning. A beginning of access to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. We read that after the curtain was torn, verse 46, Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Notice He once again addresses God as Father. That's where he began in the first word, Father, forgive them. And then in that word of agony, the fourth word, not Father, but my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And now once again, in this last word from the cross, this last word before the resurrection, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit, trusting in God the Father. This was no ordinary crucifixion. This was the Son of God being offered up on the cross. The Son of God who, who for all eternity had had intimate fellowship, inter-Trinitarian fellowship with God, who, who was willing to leave the glories of heaven to come down to earth to fulfill the work the Father gave him to do. He came and and he was born as a baby. He was born dependent. He was born needy on others. He was one who would grow and, and, and rub shoulders with sinful men and women all of his life. He who was sinless, And he is now hanging on the cross, bearing that sin and guilt for each and every one of God's people. And he calls out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Once again, from the cross, Jesus taking the words of the Psalms on his lips. Jesus quoting from Psalm 31 where the psalmist says, Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord faithful God. And later in that same chapter, But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and my persecutors. Jesus commits himself Into the hands of the Father. Knowing God's faithfulness. Knowing He will be true to His promise. Knowing God, the God of deliverance. Trusting that as He commits Himself into the hands of God, this Father then will raise Him from the dead. He is given resurrection life. That's what we celebrate today. Jesus commits himself into the hands of the Father, and the Father receives the Son, having done the work he gave the Son to do, and he is raised, raised on the third day. Perhaps sometimes we wonder, can we trust God with our particular problems? Is he powerful enough to meet our needs? Oh, it's fine. He can take care of the problems of others. But my problems are too particular. My problems are too big. They're just too much even for God. Remember the resurrection. Remember that as Jesus commits himself into the hands of God, trusting God will receive him, God does receive him. And he is given new life. Resurrection life. But notice as well, and we've talked about this throughout this series, God didn't take him off the cross. Jesus still underwent the trial. He would still still go through the hardship of the crucifixion. But committing himself into the hands of the Father, he would be raised from the dead. Sometimes it seems like when we try to to commit ourselves into God's hands, when we're having a particular difficulty, when we commit ourselves to Him, things seem to get worse. And we say, God, what's going on here? God's plan, God's picture is bigger than we can see. Those who would be watching Seeing himself, hearing him commit himself into the hands of God, would say, Well, God failed. God failed. Look what happened. He actually died. And yet they only saw a slice of the picture, a slice of the plan. And in three days, Jesus Christ would be raised from the dead. We can trust God with the trials, with the difficulties of our life. We may not see how how that all works out, but God's plan, God's perfect plan, assures us of ultimate victory, whether that be in this life or, or in the life to come. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And there were those who observed what was going on. We see three different responses from those who saw what was happening. Verse 47. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowd that had assembled for the spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. The centurion sees what happens, hears the words, and declares, truly, this was an innocent man, elsewhere translated, this was a righteous man. Brings praise to God for what was happening. Unexpected praise from this bystander from this centurion, from one who should care less about what's happening to Jesus, and yet yet sees what takes place and says, surely this man was innocent, surely this was a righteous man. He saw, he understood the truth, and he declared praise to God. That's one response to the events of the crucifixion. We read of the crowds, and the crowds that assembled had come for the spectacle And when they saw what had taken place, they returned home beating their breasts. They came to watch. They saw something that happened, and yet they went away. They went away, sorry a man had died, but ultimately unaffected by the experience. The the reality of what was taking place did not take root with them. They came, they watched, and they left And they went back home. And then we have those who knew him. His acquaintances, the women who had followed him, and they stood at a distance and watched all these things. In our Wednesday night class, uh, learning how to read the Scriptures, We've talked about the three responses we often see in in a narrative text. The response of belief, the response of unbelief, and the response of indifference. And we see that here as well. The response of belief from the centurion, unbelief from the crowds, and indifference from the acquaintances we have gathered this morning to celebrate the resurrection. We have all sung the same songs. We have all heard the same message. We've all had the experience. How do we respond? Do we respond like the centurion in belief, praising God, maybe even unexpected praise to God? Maybe you're here this morning. Because this is the one day of the year you go to church. It's Easter Sunday. I've got to go to church on Easter. And yet, if, 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 if God is taking this truth of Jesus Christ and by the power of His Holy Spirit is opening your heart, then today truly is the day of salvation. Embrace Jesus Christ. Embrace what He has done. And know the glories of truly celebrating the resurrection on Easter Sunday. The response of belief. Perhaps there's the response of unbelief. You too have come because it's Easter Sunday, and that's what we do, and you've heard the choir sing, and you've seen the beautiful flowers, and you've heard the music, and yet you walk away. I'll be back again next year to once again fulfill my duty. A response of unbelief. And then we have that that response that's so hard to understand. Those who come, they see what's going on. They truly do have a a sense of what has happened, but they stay at a distance. They they don't want to get too involved. There is a sense of apathy for the things of God. Oh, yes, we know Jesus Christ. We know He's our Savior. We know He died on the cross. We know He rose again. We celebrate that on Easter. But, but, but don't, don't make me get too excited about that and prefer to, to stand at a distance and watch what has taken place. When we consider the work of Jesus Christ, when we consider what He has done for us, offering up Himself on the cross, committing Himself into the hands of the Father, who then raises Him from the dead, how can we have anything less than a wholehearted response to praise God? How can we we stand at a distance simply content to watch? No, God calls us today to once again commit ourselves, to commit our lives into his hands, to commit our ways to his keeping, knowing that he will watch and guard and protect even in times of difficulty. God calls for that response of praise to him, not apathy, not not neglect, not, 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 not caring, but to embrace what Jesus Christ has done and as a result, to live lives of joyful gratitude to him because in Jesus Christ, we have all we need for salvation. We've seen that throughout this series on the seven last words. In Jesus Christ, everything, all we need for the complete forgiveness of all of our sins. We celebrate this morning. We celebrate this seventh word on the cross. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. His last word spoken before the resurrection and the next event. He is raised from the dead. In Jesus Christ, we have all we need that we too will be raised with him to new life. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God how we praise you on this Easter Sunday morning. We have rehearsed once again the events of Good Friday night. We've talked about the resurrection. The resurrection of your son Jesus Christ has a picture of our own resurrection. Lord God if there are those here who, who are still living in unbelief, who've come to just see the spectacle. Lord God move in their hearts. Bring them to a reality of who Jesus Christ is. And Lord God, for those who know Jesus Christ, perhaps have walked with Him for many years, give us a greater zeal, a greater devotion, not content to stand at a distance watching, but to be engaged in serving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ every day of our life. Thank you for His completed work on the cross, doing everything necessary to accomplish our salvation. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen. We're going to turn to number 265 in the Trinity Psalter hymnal. Number 265, in Christ alone my hope is found, he is my light my strength, my song. We take note of verse 3. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. We're going to sing all four verses, 265. Let's stand together as we sing. Receive the parting blessing of our God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.